hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. A new dawn is coming to the U.S. stock market, and it's time to throw out the investment blueprint of the last decade and prepare for a massive shift. If you've lost money over the past two years, this changes everything. Hi, my name is Mark Chaikin, and I was hired to create three new indices for the NASDAQ based on what I've learned in 50 years on Wall Street. So believe me when I tell you this shift could send dozens of stocks soaring sky high in just the next 90 days. But this is an extreme setup I haven't seen in years, since before the 2020 crash. The last time this happened, you could have more than tripled your money by just owning one stock. And I'm revealing this number one stock to buy today, 100% free of charge at newaistock.com. The question is why? Because everyday Americans will be impacted mostly by what's coming. And I want you to be on the right side of the table when this shift happens. Don't delay. Just visit www.newaistock.com. Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, HealthLock.com. Go there today. Hello, America. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Peter Schweitzer. Sitting next to me is Eric Eggers. We work for the Government Accountability Institute. We have a podcast called The Drill Down that you can find at any location for podcasts. I'm the author of the number one New York Times bestsellers, Red Handed, Profiles in Corruption and Secret Empires. Uh, And we have a action-packed show today. Uh, A lot of guests we've got coming up. former governor of Wisconsin, current president of Young America's Foundation's Governor Scott Walker. We've got college president Richard Corkin. We're going to talk about the craziness on college campuses. In the 5 o'clock hour, we are going to make the definitive case that we believe show that Joe Biden has engaged in bribery and should be charged as such. And joining us as a guest to discuss that is going to be Jason Chaffetz, uh, our colleague and the former chairman of the House Oversight Committee. It's a busy show with a lot of good information, and I think that you know we try to take this opportunity. We're blessed to be able to guest host and fill in for Sean, his amazing show and his amazing audience once a year. 
But I think this is a story that we have been on. We've been chronicling the corruption in the Biden administration since Secret Empires came out back in 2018. So we first introduced the concept of Hunter Biden, his shady business connections. You're now seeing some of those allegations actually being followed up with people that have subpoena power. Imagine that. And that's one of the best things that people in Congress are doing. And so I think that the fact pattern that we have, we've had access to Hunter's laptop since day one and not just had access to Hunter's laptop. We've had multiple email account access. So we've been able to sort of triangulate and verify through multi-factor authentication, you might say. Exactly right. And the five o'clock hour, we're going to talk about how I think the committee has done a great job. Chairman Comer's done a fantastic job, but they're playing into the game, the trap that the Democrats have laid. Uh, and it's very, very important that this be corrected because the evidence is there now. And what's happening is the Democrats are trying to move the goalposts. They're trying to say that the only way that impeachment would be justified, the only way that some sort of criminal charge would be justified is showing that Joe Biden get paid, and that is absolutely not necessary. But you're going to have to listen to the 5 o'clock hour to show, for us to show you and make that case. But we will say this. I think that Joe Biden is essential. And we're talking about Hunter Biden. And we're yeah. talking about Hunter Biden not because there's some naughty photos of him on his laptop and not because he happens to have been paid by people in questionable parts of the world, but because we believe that Hunter Biden represents Presents the access portal to yeah. influence U.S. policy in the form of Joe Biden, whether he was vice president or president of the United States. That's the evidence we think has been clear, and that's what we will discuss in the 5 o'clock hour. That's why it matters. That's why Hunter Biden has always mattered. Yes, that's right. And that Joe Biden took specific official actions to help Hunter Biden's clients. So it doesn't matter if Joe Biden got paid, his family got paid, and that's what the federal statute shows. So we've had a discussion in the previous hour about all the decisions that are trying to make for you. It's the reason that we have inflation, the reason that we're going to have problems with the food supply. And we've got a caller on the line, Alex, who wants to talk about immigration and Joe Biden. Alex, are you there? Yes. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Glad you're there. Merry Christmas to you. Um, I just want to share a couple things with you. Well, one is a concern, and another one is a fact of information that I learned over the weekend, but I'll be real brief. Sure. Um, I was watching some news reports about Fox News and other agencies uh, approaching illegals at the border and talking with them, and a lot of them seem to have a pretty formulated message to express to people that were questioning them when it came, they, they came across the border, uh, like, thank you, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party for allowing me to get here, or something of that nature. And they interviewed more than a couple of people where this seemed to be like a systematic thing that you heard coming out of a lot of them that were speaking that were approached. And some of the things that came across my mind was news reports that I heard about six months ago where the illegals that are applying for asylum can actually file the asylum papers down in Mexico before they cross the border. I don't know if you guys can touch on that for a brief moment, but how do we know that if they're being coached and told what to say uh, when they know they're possibly going to get questioned at the border, how do we know that they're not getting coached about, hey, in the future you're going to see this mail-in ballot uh, you can go ahead and fill one of those out and mail it in. Now, I, I would hate to think that things would get that bad, right? I, I hope not, and I hope that's not what's going on. But I, it would really bother me if, if somebody gets wind that that would possibly be 
something that could happen. And then my last point with you guys is this, hang up after I make this. Over the weekend, I learned, because I'm a, uh, a resident of the state of Michigan, that Governor Whitmer was able to get legislation passed that allows 16-year-olds to start voting as of January 1 of 2024. So if you turn 16 in January of 2024, this year you can vote. If you turn 16 all the way before November, you can vote in the presidential election. And I'm sure that 16-year-olds are very competent people. Uh, we allow them to get driver's permits and drive cars. But, you know, with a lot of woke culture going on and, and somehow the younger generation getting influenced in some negative ways, um, I think that's going to pose a, a little bit of an extra battle. But I'm going to hang up and let you guys make a point on all that. And, uh, hey, you guys have a Merry Christmas, and thank you for being there and filling in for Sean. Thank you, Alex. You have a Merry Christmas as well. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the border, we think of the economic migrants that are coming across the border, but there are coyotes and there are members of the drug cartels that are being paid to get people across the border. And their job is not to just say, hey, run through those bushes and go through that part of the river. They actually prep them with how to claim political asylum because you have to use very specific language to try to become an asylum applicant. So what's happened is the number of people that crossed the border 20 years ago that asked for an as for asylum was relatively small. Now it's increasingly large because they it is this organized effort and they are encouraging people to use those techniques to get across the border. And this ties into what we were talking about in the earlier um, program with Seamus Bruner about how the large organizations, the, the global elites, they want migrants to be able to go from, from country to country. They don't see it as a problem. It's part of their business model so a lot of people are very happy with this status quo i'll tell you alex made the most of his national radio call right alex had a few <laughs> points to make and in triplicate um yep, yep. the other point he made about the the quotes that the fox news producers would get i mean that's one thing about being a field producer if you're down there you're trying to report on immigration you're also looking for good quotes so the fact that they happen to be particularly articulate i'm not sure how much of that speaks to like the coaching or being in sync but i will say this he, you know he mentioned something uh, we should just correct the record what it's happening in Michigan, and trust me, I say this as someone who wrote a book in 2018 called Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. I would love it if you bought it on Amazon. But the um, So trust me, I'm very much aware of the threats to election security that I think what happened – this before 2020, just the status quo was a highly vulnerable state. Then you took the weakest part of our election and made it the most common form of election in terms of mail-in balloting in the name of global health. That's absolutely the thing that happened. I definitely think it impacted uh, the nature of the result. But what Michigan has done, they're not allowing 16-year-olds to vote. They're allowing 16-year-olds to pre-register to vote and still vote in 2018. That's not necessarily entirely uncommon. In fact, when I was in high school, you could pre-register in high school, and then when you become 18. Now, but it is, I think, that speaks to what people do now. They're just they chase ballots, they chase voters, and so they realize young people. And we're going to talk about what's happening when those young people go to college and the insanity that ensues with people in charge of higher education institutions. And all you have to do is look at what's happening at Harvard to say that some of our best are no longer our best. But uh, they, it's a smart 
politics to capture young people and make sure as many young people are registered to vote because once they're then registered to vote, you can then chase them with a ballot. And that's one of the things that's happened post-COVID in terms of elections. You can now take ballots, take them to them, help them fill it out and bring it back to the ballot box. Yeah, and, and I would just add to that. I mean, look, it's not the same as allowing them to vote, but you're having uh, 16-year-olds pre-register to vote. So now you've got all these registered voters out there when they get older. And the problem is people move around. And, you know, it was the uh, Rasmussen survey that came out. I think it was last week where they uh, talked to people who in the 2020 election mailed in their ballots uh, and 20 percent admitted that in their mail-in ballots, they actually lied or they cheated. They filled out somebody else's ballot um, for them. They uh, received ballots in multiple states because they either had two residences or they had moved, and they voted in both states. The problem is, yes, voter registration is good. We want voter registration, but when you match it with sloppy records and you match it with mailing a ballot to everybody who is registered without even asking or seeing if they're actually there, you get the kind of... Of fraud that I believe happened in 2020. It was not, to, in my mind, the voting machines. It was the mail-in ballots. And now one in five, I think the number's probably higher, is admitting, at least in this survey, that they fraudulently filled out mail-in ballots. You know, I saw a Washington Post article that tried to sort of dismiss and refute those poll results and say, oh, that's impossible. Here's what's not impossible. The Supreme Court cited statistics from a Pew survey that was done in 2012 that said one in eight uh, voter registrations in the country were wrong, right? So we know there's tons of voter registration error. And my book, which also came out in 2018, was based in part of a study we performed with America's voter rolls in which we found more than 2,000 instances of double voting in the state of Florida alone, yeah. right? Which means more than 2,000 people in the 2016 election cast one ballot in the state of Florida and cast a second ballot in a different state. And I'm old enough to remember the 2000 election, the presidential election that was swung by by the way, by 537 votes. So one of the talking points was four times the margin of victory of a presidential election this century, we proved fraudulent voting activity in one state. So, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. We need to have a conversation about election security, not just election access. The pendulum swung completely the other way. But these are the things that happen when you let the higher minds, the bright minds of Ivy League institutions be in charge of things. So have we fixed the problem? I mean, some states like Florida have instituted reforms. You did write the book Fraud, which honestly came out in 2018. It predicted a lot of the problems we were going to have in 2020 with mail-in ballot ballot harvesting. Have we done nearly enough to fix that problem in your mind? Well, no, because not enough people bought my book. And so (laughs) I think the sales reflect that. The nasty letters I get from the publisher reflect that. (laughs) So obviously, no, we have a lot of work to do still. <laughs> well, uh, voter fraud is an issue that's not going away. It's it's the sort of issue that we need to keep fighting on, and it's very, very difficult to deal with. I think there's been a lot of misinformation. Some people who believe there were voting fraud have done a disservice to the cause with making reckless statements. Uh, the issue, as far as I'm concerned, is mail-in ballots and making sure that these registrations are, are, are done effectively uh, and done in the right way. But I would say the point is when a poll comes out that says one in five people suggested they've helped participate in some manner of illegal voting activity, let's take it seriously. Yes. Right? Let's don't just say, oh, that's impossible because in the, in the mind of the liberal media, suggesting that voter fraud might be real means Trump gets more credibility, which somehow leads to bad things that way. That's right. Peter Schweitzer, Eric Eggers, we're filling in for Sean Hannity. Join the conversation, 1-800-941-7326. We'll be back in a minute. 
A new dawn is coming to the U.S. stock market, and it's time to throw out the investment blueprint of the last decade and prepare for a massive shift. If you've lost money over the past two years, this changes everything. Hi, my name is Mark Chaikin, and I was hired to create three new indices for the NASDAQ based on what I've learned in 50 years on Wall Street. So believe me when I tell you this shift could send dozens of stocks soaring sky high in just the next 90 days. But this is an extreme setup I haven't seen in years, since before the 2020 crash. The last time this happened, you could have more than tripled your money by just owning one stock. And I'm revealing this number one stock to buy today, 100% free of charge at newaistock.com. The question is why? Because everyday Americans will be impacted mostly by what's coming. And I want you to be on the right side of the table when this shift happens. Don't delay. Just visit www.newaistock.com. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to four hundred bucks depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now Henry makes more than two hundred rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, they have supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Now, Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. Now, he was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Now, Tunnel to Towers paid for Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, and that removed that financial burden from him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his very specific needs and injuries. And Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. They can only do it with your generosity. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. We hope you'll join all of us here at Team Hannity. Go to their website, commit to $11 a month. Go to the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. A new dawn is coming to the U.S. stock market, and it's time to throw out the investment blueprint of the last decade and prepare for a massive shift. If you've lost money over the past two years, this changes everything. Hi, my name is Mark Chaikin, and I was hired to create three new indices for the NASDAQ based on what I've learned in 50 years on Wall Street. So believe me when I tell you this shift could send dozens of stocks soaring sky high in just the next 90 days. But this is an extreme setup I haven't seen in years, since before the 2020 crash. The last time this happened, you could have more than tripled your money by just owning one stock. And I'm revealing this number one stock to buy today, 100% free of charge at newaistock.com. The question is why? Because everyday Americans will be impacted mostly by what's coming. And I want you to be on the right side of the table when this shift happens. Don't delay. Just visit www.newaistock.com.
hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes, and then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere, and it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, who's there for heroes or their families left behind when a service member or a first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless vets and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11-01? I'll tell you who. It's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Now the foundation's gold star, fallen first responders, smart home and homeless veterans programs, and the foundation's never forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrances all across America. Over 80 runs, walks, climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute. They're educating kids from kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep their vow to never forget. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. They're hoping all of us will donate $11 a month. Just go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T, number two, letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Peter Schweitzer and Eric Eggers were filling in for Sean on the Sean Hannity radio show. Uh, a lot of tumult at Harvard University. Uh, a lot of questions about what's going to happen to the college president there. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that Harvard University is now the Bud Light of the academic world. And what do you mean by that? Well, look what happened to Bud Light. They went woke. Uh, and they ran into all kinds of problems. Harvard is starting to face those same problems. Early admission applications down 17% this year, and they're destroying their brand. They're destroying their brand by clinging to a college president who, you know, made horrible decisions, uh, how to deal with the October 7th massacre in Israel, uh, how to deal with the rising anti-Semitism. When she testified before Congress, it was an absolute disaster. And, and I think most seriously, these pretty serious plagiarism charges uh, that been, have leveled against her. She doesn't have actually a very thick academic record. I think it's like 12 uh, pages, uh, sorry, 12 papers she's had published, but all kinds of questions raised about it. And the board is sticking with her precisely because I think they like her work politic, her work, her woke politics. Uh, the Wall Street Journal had a uh, uh, note from uh, Nancy Brenner uh, of New York uh, who recounted, my son's first college paper at Harvard had weak paraphrases and missing citations, as in Ms. Gaze, that's the president of, of Harvard's publicly available work. He wasn't rewarded with Harvard's presidency, but accused of plagiarism, given an F, threatened with more direct consequences if he ever did it again. And yet they they 
are clinging with this president, and I think it's severely damaging their brand. Well, and to the you know, this Harvard is maybe the latest example of go woke, go broke. That's exactly what happened to Bud Light. And to your point, they're now having to hire, would you say, Peyton Manning to come on and try to like rehabilitate yeah. Bud Light's image. So who's so who you know, Bud Light, you know, of course, had the disaster with the sort of trans activist. They got Peyton Manning, and I think Emmett, uh, uh, you know, the great cowboy uh, Emmett Smith, yeah, Emmett Smith, running back to resuscitate the brand. Where does Harvard go with this? Harvard needs Ben Shapiro, I think. Or <laughs> <laughs> they need to counterbalance the plagiarist anti-Semite right, right, leadership, right? right? So right. somebody that's got an original perspective on something. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Harvard's bad, but unfortunately what's happening at Harvard is emblematic of what's happening at many higher education institutions across the country. So when we come back, we're going to talk to two people that are actually doing something about it. We're broadcasting live from Florida today. Florida has been, I think, a leader under Governor DeSantis in terms of trying to help reclaim the mantle of state taxpayer-funded education. So we're going to talk to Richard Corcoran, the former education commissioner who's the president of New College. He's going to be joined by Scott Walker about what it looks like to actually have a true politically free situation in higher, higher education. And how to fight back. We'll be back right after this. Peter Schweitzer, Eric Eggers, we are filling in on the Sean Hannity radio show. He is getting some well-deserved rest. Of course, everybody familiar with what's going on on America's college campuses, the anti-Semitism, but of course it goes beyond that. Uh, there's been huge problems with free speech, with indoctrination of young people. So we wanted to bring on a couple of guests to talk about this, not to recount the horror stories per se, but to actually talk about how we can go on the offense and reclaim what's... Uh, happening on our college campuses and the, and the hearts and minds of our young people. It's a great point because, yes, what's happening at Harvard is abysmal. It's atrocious. One of the finest institutions, what used to be something that America could take a lot of pride in. It was literally one of the best universities in the world that attracted talent from all over. And now I think it's become emblematic of what happens when good institutions go, for lack of a better term, woke. But in Florida, they're doing it a different way. And, and across the country, there are, I think, beacons of light on college campuses and that's what richard corcoran and scott walker can talk to us about right now that's exactly right we've got uh, scott walker the former governor of wisconsin of course he's now president of the young america's foundation and we got richard corcoran who's the president of new college in florida perhaps the wokest college in florida the most restrictive when it comes to individual rights and they are fighting back gentlemen thanks for joining us let's begin with you governor walker so people know how bad the campuses are i think uh, what can we actually do to fight back, and what are you doing to win back uh, the hallowed ground of our universities across the country? Yeah, Peter, great question. Thanks for being on. If nothing else, if someone's listening, you're a student. Uh, if you're under attack, YAF's got your back, yaf.org, yaf.org. We'll help you out. We, we know the good news is, as bad as things are, we know even in some polling we did not too many months ago, uh, young people overwhelmingly are not as radical as the media perceives them to be. They're off on some issues. There's no doubt about that. When we ask, for example, things like, are you moderate, conservative, liberal? The plurality of students are actually identified as moderate, which means they're probably more conservative than liberal. They're just afraid to say so on a college campus. And they agree with us on fundamental questions like fairness. And so it's getting to them. It's why we do more campus lectures than any other program in America, at least in the conservative movement, where we bring a Ben Shapiro, we bring a Matt Walsh, we bring a Michael Knowles, we bring a Katie Pavlich, bring them to campus, and then the left actually helps us out. When they protest in advance, 
our audience isn't converting the radicals. It's actually reaching the curious, the unidentified, the ones who are just trying to get through life, and they want to show up and figure out what's going on. And the key to that is not just having a lecture, but Q&A, where students get to engage and hear things that they haven't heard before. And then we broadcast them on YAF TV, our YouTube channel, which now has over a million and a half subscribers and nearly one and a quarter billion views. So there's ways to do it on campus and online. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. And, and full disclosure, I've been affiliated with YAF since 1982 when I went there on a high school conference back in the day. Were you even alive back in 1982, Eric? I was alive. Uh, I was at one year old. So <laughs> you, you could say I was curious at one about a lot of things. Governor Walker mentioned the term being curious. Uh, Richard Corcoran, what's happening at New College is New College, for people that don't know, it's located in the Sarasota, Florida area. And they had a reputation for a lot of students that were curious, but in a different way. <laughs> And so what I think Richard Corcoran has done, he's been chosen to kind of come in there and try to steer the ship around. Uh, Mr. Corcoran, talk a little bit about what the reputation of New College was and why what you're doing down there is so important now. Well, I think New College is emblematic of what you see in the nation. We would have definitely, we have 12 universities in our system, and I think most people would have said that we were the most progressive or the most liberal. Uh, I think that's somewhat... Uh, you see it in Princeton reviews. You see it in the, the students' assessments of the school itself, is that if you're a hardcore liberal, this is the school for you, uh, was the, the moniker. I think, you know, just like we saw in COVID, when all of a sudden parents started seeing what was going on in the kids' schools and there was this revolt, I think what you're seeing in higher education, what you saw post-October 7th, and how students are, are reacting and faculty and, and administrators, it, the silver lining of something that was horrific and tragic is that people are finally seeing, wait a second, these university systems are far worse than we ever imagined. And now that that veil's ripped off, to your point, Peter, and now it's the time to have a real conversation on how do we get these schools back on track? How do we get them so what they're, we are the envy of the world in terms of higher education and, and students are getting a world-class education that prepares them to go out there and be great citizens. I think that's a dialogue that that's 30, 40, 50 years in the making. Um, and that's the length of time and the field that we gave and yielded for way too long. And now it's time to get it back in, in, in the right situation. Yeah, I mean, that's a really important point, uh, Richard. This is not something that's going to be fixed right away. And I'm sure, Governor Walker, that's not your view at all. Um, Yaf has been in the trenches for a long time. Uh, Governor Walker, I want to ask you, what would you tell a parent or a student that is, you know, in high school, because I know you have programs in high school as well, or college, and the parents kind of telling the kids, you know what, don't stand up for your beliefs, just keep your head down, go to class, get the grades, and don't fight the fight. Why is that the wrong strategy for, for parents to encourage on their children or for students to employ? No, you're exactly right. We do college, high school, and now middle school, and I'd say at every step of the way here, it maybe was true, you know, Peter, when we were young, uh, even then I would have doubted that. I certainly tried to stand up in college when there was a liberal bias there as well. But, but these days it's not enough because then you go and graduate and you go to the corporate world. And for a lot of these folks, they're just as woke, if not more so, uh, than, than much of the higher education systems are. And so you've got to learn not just to fight back, but one of the things we do is teach young people. We don't just have conferences and lectures online. We, you know, many of our events actually do breakout sessions and help young people prepare in their schools, in their communities, in their colleges. How do you push back on some of this? And sometimes it's easy as asking a question. 
It's not just being the lead debater, but actually saying, you know, where did that come from? That uh, I don't have that information. Where is this coming from? Because most people on the left, you know, are, are like, you know, following sheep following each other. They, they really don't know where the source of it is. And so they'll keep going down that path until someone challenges them. So, one, they have to stand up because sooner or later you got to stand up. And do it. The other thing I would just add to the previous answer, too, was that I think you're absolutely right. Not only do we need groups like GAF and others out there, but I love the fact that donors are speaking up and saying, I don't want my money to go here. It's sad that it took something like October 7th massacre to make that happen, but a lot of these donors like Blackman and others have seen the light not only when it comes to the anti-Semitic actions that get targeting Jewish students, but just overall how radical these, how woke and how radicalized these campuses are. I'd say donors, don't give money to your alma mater if they teach people to hate your values. And if you can, talk to your state lawmaker or governor and tell them, unless there's diversity of thought, don't give these university systems a penny of taxpayers' money. Yeah, diversity of thought's important, but so is actual academic achievement, right, and intellectual rigor. And I think that's what I think is really the, the damning aspect of it from a national perspective is we focus on rewarding the appropriate political perspective at, at the expense, I think, of actual academic achievement. Richard, to you, what do you think – just give me some examples of the way in which some of the political rot eroded um, merit-based achievement in education. And, and what lesson can the rest of the country take from what's happened in Florida where people are, have decided, you know what, we're not just going to cede this ground. We're actually going to govern, and governing actually includes these state-run institutions. Yeah, that's a great question, Eric. And I think what the, what the hard progressive left have done in that 40, 50, 60 years – and they've just become so skilled at it, is they use terminology that we would all agree with and say it's wonderful and it's great, and they use it against us. So when they talk about free speech, the definition is it's only their speech that's free. If we want to engage in something they disagree with, they silence us and and cancel us and everything else. They want diversity, equity, inclusion, wonderful terms, but that what they use it for is to create no diversity and have no inclusion, to exclude us. Um, from that conversation. They're very good at it. And we had DEI at our school here, and one of the first things the trustees did was abolish the Department of DEI, uh, get rid of it, the DEI coordinator, and immediately for the fall admissions, we went up 300% in, in African-American enrollment. We went up 100% in Hispanic enrollment. There was no diversity on this campus. And now we have pretty fairly equal gender, or at least representative of the nation, in gender, male, female, before it was you know 70-plus percent female. But they use those terms, they use them against us, and to your point, what it has done is significantly decreased and downgraded the academic um, accomplishments of a university that you'd want in your graduate. So to Governor Walker's point, too, and to Peter's question, I say to people all the time, we, all you hear is that education's a waste of money, you go, you take out a lot of debt, you get a worthless degree, um, you shouldn't go. And I tell everybody that statement is 100% true. I have six kids. I would not send them to these schools. And now after October 7th, we find out that not only is the academics dumbed down and and you're completely in an intolerant environment, but now it's unsafe. Now you can't walk across a campus being a certain type of student without being physically assaulted. And so you've got to say, how do you fix all of these things? Bill Ackman, as Governor Walker alluded to, uh, one is the, the pulling of money from donors and the pulling of student applicants is going to be the biggest um, cancel to these um, corrupt institutions. But, but Bill Ackman in his letter, which was wonderful, everyone should read it, he gave like seven recommendations to the president. 
four of the seven were simply disciplined people for improper behavior. Have a rule yeah. of law on your campus. It's that simple. And that's what we've done at New College. We've instituted a rule of law, and immediately you see a change in student behavior and outcomes. It's very exciting what's going on in New College. And Governor Walker, one of the things you're doing on campuses across the country is when there are violations of the rights of students, you're actually coming alongside the students and you're suing these universities and you're actually winning in court. You're holding these universities into account. Tell us about that. Even in California, University of California, Berkeley, of all places, which, by the way, if anybody knows history, the, you know, the birthplace of free speech when it comes to higher education, the irony of, of Yaf trying to bring Ben Shapiro onto campus to speak, and, and they didn't just block it outright. You know, obviously, they knew they couldn't do that. So what do they do? Uh, they tried to say, you can't do it before 3 in the afternoon. You can't advertise. And we're going to charge you security fees that are you know, five or six times what we charge other groups on the left for. We went to court and said, no, that un- unequal speech is not, is not free speech. And we went to court and we won. We actually prevailed. They had to settle because even in California, the Constitution still guarantees free speech. Now, sadly, it shouldn't just be guaranteed in the Constitution. It should be revered on our college campuses. But we will go not just for our students involved with the Young America's Foundation, but any student on the right who's under attack, we will go because we have to constantly push back, or as we've just been talking about, the left The left is more than liberal bias or even liberal indoctrination. It is the radicalization of college campuses, and we have to fight it head-on all the time. Why do we think that college campuses became so anti-Semitic? I mean, how did anti-Semitism become, go hand-in-hand with wokeness, Richard Corcoran? I just think over the last decades, what, what we've done is we've turned over the higher ed institutions to faculty. And over time, the faculty have become radically progressively left at most institutions, and they control all aspects of higher education. We call it shared governance, is where all the institutions, and, and, and of course, as the faculty say, we want shared governance, we want shared governance. Their definition of shared governance is they have 100% control, and they really do. Under shared governance, the president goes out and raises money and pays the bills, and the faculty decide what faculty get hired, what students get accepted, and what curriculum is taught. There's no, and then when the administration says, hey, we'd like to maybe hire this person, that person, now they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are fascist dictators trying to take over um, our institutions, and we got to stop this, higher ed's at threat. Um, no, because what shared governance, even if you had it in a work, it would be 50-50. What we have right now is 100% shared governance is controlled by hardcore left faculty. And they're the most, and the ones that get involved and go to the deepest levels and become the leaders and what have you, and the Senate presidents, um, all of them are the, are the most radical. And, and you, have to, you have to fix that. In Florida, we have, we said that universities, colleges are controlled by the board of trustees and their appointee, the president. Now they can appoint someone else to have say, but ultimately all of those key factors, students enrolled, curriculum taught and faculty teaching are controlled by the board of trustees. It's a game. And the other 49 states should do the same thing. Well, we've been joined by Governor Scott Walker, head of the Young America's Foundation. You can find them at yaf.org. And Richard Corcoran, the president of New College of Florida. I would encourage you, if you have a student-age child, send them to New College. Have them join YAF. We'll be back after this break to have more to talk about Hunter Biden and other interesting topics. We'll be back in a minute. 
All right, folks, let's have a serious talk about your personal safety. Do you have a security plan? What if somebody breaks into your house, your business, whatever, and they want to bring harm to you and your family? Now, you know I'm a big Second Amendment proponent. Well, I've also found a non-lethal self-defense weapon that I happen to love. It's called Burner, B-Y-R-N-A, burner.com slash Hannity. And for example, Burner, you can buy their pistols. It's legal in all 50 states, no permits, no background checks needed. By the way, the 12-gauge, less lethal shotgun round uh, by Burner, you put it in your own shotgun, your own 12-gauge. It cannot be shipped, by the way, in this case, to a handful of states. So you got to check with their laws. Linda, how good did I look on the video? First of all, I loved how you cleared the house. I love the mission for, and the video is up on Hannity.com. It's on Burner.com forward slash Hannity. By the way, I actually, I think the video up now is me with my own shotgun. Just go to Burner, B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Hannity, H-A-N-N-I-T-Y. Hey. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Peter Schweitzer with Eric Eggers. We just had a great conversation with Governor Scott Walker and Richard Corcoran. Boy college campuses are different than when I was in college. Big time problems with anti-Semitism at some of the more liberal institutions. He mentioned Harvard. Obviously, Harvard's been in the news a lot lately. Cal Berkeley also previously considered one of America's great academic institutions. They also have a little bit of an anti-Semitism problem. It's a story on Breitbart today about the fact that a California Berkeley class disinvited an Oakland City Council member. Now, Oakland City Council, probably not super conservative, right? Not wearing a MAGA hat, but he had the temerity to call for a ceasefire. And so because of that, they disinvited him from giving an environmental lecture. That's like, it's got nothing to do with Israel Hamas. Just an example of the kind of craziness that's happening on college campuses. That's the kind of stuff that we continue to cover on our podcast, The Drill Down, which you can find at thedrilldown.com. We also talk a lot about Hunter Biden. And so that's what we're going to do next on the other side of this break. Peter Schweitzer and I will tell you why there's enough evidence today for Joe Biden. All right, who's there for heroes or their families left behind when a service member or a first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless vets and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11-01? I'll tell you who. It's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Now the foundation's gold star, fallen first responders, smart home and homeless veterans programs and the Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrances all across America. Over 80 runs, walks, climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute. They're educating kids from kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep their vow to never forget. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. They're hoping all of us will donate $11 a month. Just go to their website. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T, number two, letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. 
Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. A new dawn is coming to the U.S. stock market, and it's time to throw out the investment blueprint of the last decade and prepare for a massive shift. If you've lost money over the past two years, this changes everything. Hi, my name is Mark Chaikin, and I was hired to create three new indices for the NASDAQ based on what I've learned in 50 years on Wall Street. So believe me when I tell you this shift could send dozens of stocks soaring sky high in just the next 90 days. But this is an extreme setup I haven't seen in years, since before the 2020 crash. The last time this happened, you could have more than tripled your money by just owning one stock. And I'm revealing this number one stock to buy today. 100% free of charge at newaistock.com. The question is why? Because everyday Americans will be impacted mostly by what's coming. And I want you to be on the right side of the table when this shift happens. Don't delay. Just visit www.newaistock.com. 